You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadi al-lazim astafa. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala wa man tabi'ahum. Bi ihsanin ila yawmil jaza. All praise and thanks to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And peace and salutations upon our leader, our master, our guide, our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, right here on Markaz Sahaba, uh, respected uh, guests and our esteemed listeners, you are tuned into the segment of Legal Eagle, where we will be discussing very, very important, pertinent uh, points and issues uh, with regards to legal matters and uh, Muslims, especially uh, going to a secular court for uh, uh, legal recourse to reclaim their rights etc and uh, tonight alhamdulillah is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has planned it and uh, on marcus sahaba you know you are always treated to having the best people answering your queries uh, and uh, giving us insight into uh, the dynamics of how it works in uh, the legal fraternity and we are joined tonight alhamdulillah by none other uh, than attorney uh, yusha tayyib and uh, zahir uh, adam as well uh, some will say Zahir Adam, but I prefer to call him Zahir Adam. So, mashallah, that uh, both of them are seasoned uh, legal experts uh, and masters in uh, their respective fields and years of knowledge as well. And added to that, they're also serving the ummah and uh, catering to the needs of uh, the Muslim community. And uh, they're also active in uh, doing their duty uh, or duties towards our Islamic cause. And that is reminding people about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's laws and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's legislation and how that normally takes preference above any other law that exists in this universe. So assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh to our esteemed guest G. Mashallah, mashallah. That, uh, you know, that uh, getting into the thick of things, um, that my question directed uh, to Yusha, you know, uh, it is very, very important when we speak about people going to secular court. And uh, nowadays we see the strength uh, that uh, one Muslim is taking the other Muslim to court. Then we also see organizations uh, taking one another to uh, secular courts. And uh, sometimes we'll find that uh, these organizations, uh, they fail to do mediation and arbitration according to our beautiful Sharia. Uh, according to the standards and law set out by our Sharia. So what would uh, be the, the deciding factor where people reach that uh, specific threshold where they simply cannot anymore and they say to themselves that uh, we are forced to take matters up uh, with our normal court system? Uh, just to, to, to add context to that, so uh, basically in uh, Islam, or in South Africa, for example, that we have two types of uh, legal experts within the Sharia. So one will be a Mufti and one will be a Qadi. So a Mufti generally normally gives a fatwa, and uh, but he cannot enforce it. So he can only give the fatwa, the legal ruling, and then it's up to the person, uh, the Mustafti we call him, uh, to accept the ruling or to find another ruling from another Mufti. Uh, so it doesn't become binding at the end of the day. And then you have a Qadi so generally in, a, in an Islamic country a Qadi is a person who can enforce uh, his ruling upon uh, the respondents uh, upon those people who came to him for a specific ruling so in Sharia
Maria, that is how it works, you know. So although we have uh, Qadis here in South Africa as well, um, but they have no power and no authority. So what is the relation between a Muslim uh, and between uh, uh, his uh, going or his stance in approaching a, a secular court, Yusha, please? So, when you when you when you gave me the topic, uh, just immediately off the top of my head, the verse that came to mind immediately, was al makabir, the mutual rivalry for the piling up of the good things of this world diverts you until you visit the graves, and so I think. The basis of it is that there's been a complete diversion uh, towards a secular mindset and faith is now placed in a system that possibly yields results, but those results may well be in conflict with Sharia. And for me, the, 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 the quickest answer to the question you raise is that it's a diversion that we have failed on because we rely on a court system, we rely on a secular system and the reliance is taken away from Allah. Um, and so there may, there may well be enforcement issues. I mean, we, we, we have had uh, in our lives matters that we've referred to Muslim arbitration councils or Muslim arbitration as a whole, but the serious lack of enforcement of it, the inability to enforce it um, has become a real problem simply because uh, those Muslims who participate in that process um, ignore it if it's against them and cannot be enforced if it's in their favor. Um, sometimes we've had commercial matters and, and family-related matters where this exact has happened. The Mufti has given a ruling um, and a party chooses to, to reject it because it's unenforceable. So, so there's the enforceability aspect. And I think that very much is a part of faith. I mean, we are we are we are taught to believe in an unseen Allah, and 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 if we if we look at our history and from where we come from, we grow up in a school. Uh, we taught secular values, uh, Islamic values are secondary. Uh, we learn to acquire them on our own. Sometimes there is plausible resource, and sometimes there isn't. But a lot of us have grown up um, with critical minds. And, and develop the ability to see the wrong in, in, in doing that. So ultimately, it turns, 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 comes back to one's morality, uh, one's nafs. Uh, um, and, and I think uh, this reliance on, on kufr courts for particularly the adjudication of what is essentially Sharia or, or, or Muslim value. And I mean, we've had already two in the last week that we can talk about. Gee. But bringing the bringing the bringing what I believe to be Islamic issues before courts, and, and I have been a victim of it, and, and we can talk later, has led to substantial contamination. Uh, I've had a matter um, many years ago where I didn't raise the issue of talaq, but talaq was given its literal meaning of divorce in a court, and two judges in the Pretoria High Court. Uh, at that time declared talaq to be unconstitutional. Uh, mm. and, and, and that just can't be. I mean, you're sitting in that courtroom, it becomes a reported judgment and you're a party to it. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous because the contamination is stuck. There can be no reconciliation between secular laws, kufar laws and the Sharia. So, uh, 
Uh, I mean, the, the easiest answer to your to your question is that we have lost our we we, we we've lost our dean, and uh, that's why we go and try and enforce dean issues in a court. I have no problems with with enforcement of of commercial rights that that are within the bounds of Sharia or other rights that are within the bounds of Sharia or, or litigation. Um, and I was reminded earlier this afternoon that, you know, I mean, we have seen substantial uh, actions uh, between Muslims where interest is claimed. Uh, and I mean, it's prohibited. It's, yeah. you know, it can't be. So uh, I think people have, 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 have uh, it's something I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been dangling with in social conversations with a lot of people. Uh, that our dean demands more of us, substantially more of us, and uh, and we've and we we've, we've kind of misplaced or even at worst lost the moral compass that the Sharia has given us. Gee, you know that's a very very important and a, a good point uh, that you have raised because remember Rasulullah said in one hadith, "Inna Allah aata kulladi haqin haqahu." That Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given every possessor of his rights, uh, his specific rights. So that rights either you will claim it in this world through a process that is called uh, going for arbitration or going for mediation or going for uh, to court uh, to claim your rights, and uh, that is upon the qadi or upon the the judicial system that is in place based on Sharia. Now, when a person approaches a secular court for example going uh, to claim interest or something that is haram like a female would uh, approach the court and uh, claim uh, expenses for a post the period and uh, the law for example would recognize it and afford that right to her so now that is in direct violation direct contradiction to the law of uh, almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so here possibly two things that you risk losing your iman and uh, number two you are also committing a major sin and so 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 you know there's some driving force behind all of that all of this and uh, I think it is not only enforcement I think it is uh, uh, what you've mentioned that people's greed uh, for getting uh, their rights what is due upon them but not uh, willing to fulfill the rights of uh, other people I think as uh, here you can add some context to that you know that uh, that fine line between uh, kufr and uh, between Islam how easy it is to enter and exit uh, Islam just by uh, approaching these uh, secular benches, G. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, salatu wa salam ala rasulullah wa alihi wa ashabihi wa sumain. Aadhu billahi min shaitan rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Fisab, you and Yusha have both brought up some very, very important points. But I think at the, at the root of it all is our understanding of why it's wrong. So you, you may even have lawyers and ulama themselves who haven't really unpacked it to understand how it is that the secular law contradicts the Sharia. So if you look at a lawyer, for, and, and uh, Mushab, you know I've stopped practicing since 2007. Yeah. But if we look at, if we look at uh, unpacking it, when, you, when you're a lawyer, you've got people coming into your offices wanting to enforce rights. Now, what rights are those that want to enforce? Generally, those are secular rights, which are in, in contradiction to the Sharia. So even a simple thing like, uh, like claiming money, uh, there isn't, a, there isn't a summons that I know of that doesn't have a claim for interest. And we know that in terms of the Sharia, you're at war with Allah Ta'ala if you are involved in interest, whether you the giver, the taker, or the witness. And in the case of a lawyer, you generally are, you know, you, you're that arm of oppression that's, that's claiming the, the interest. So if we're doing that, 
uh, in terms of secular law, we con- we're contradicting the law of Latala on a daily basis. The same example you brought up in terms of family law, yes. the same thing applies there. When it comes to inheritance, we are obliged in terms of what the Quran tells us, uh, in terms of how the shares are supposed to be done. But you'll find clients generally want to, to do the will in accordance with their bombs and fancies. So we we always going to find ourselves in that situation. Sometimes people say, no, but you know, we've, we're just dealing with property matters, conveyancing. But when you legislate bond, they also you 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 contra- uh, contravening the Sharia when it comes uh, comes to interest. So I think we have to first get an understanding on on why it's it's wrong, and we need to deal with the supremacy of the law of Allah Taala, because we as we as insan we we on the earth as vicegerents, meaning that we need to apply the law that Allah has sent down, and in in this case the Sharia is brought to us by Muhammad and the Sunnah. We need to follow that. And we can't accept any law above the law of Allah. Ta'ala. This is mm. this is where we having, we having a difficulty. So, Musab, you know better than us, but I'm just going to read uh, some ayat from from Surah Nisa, which goes to Yusha's point. So, let us see some. This is just a translation. Have you not seen those who claim to have believed in what was revealed to you, Omar Sallam, and what was revealed before you? They wish to refer legislation to Tahut, mm. while they were commanded to reject it. And shaitan wishes to lead them far astray. And when it is said to them, come to what Allah has revealed and to the messenger, you see the hypocrites turning away from you in aversion. So how will it be when disaster strikes them because of what their hands have put forth? And when they come to you swearing by Allah, we intended nothing but good conduct and accommodation. But know by your Lord, they will not truly believe until they make you judge concerning that over which they dispute among themselves mm. and then find within themselves no discomfort from what you have judged and submit in willing submission. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a very important, it's very important ayat which, which compels us to refer matters um, to, to the Sharia and not to the secular courts. Obviously, as you know better, also in, in, um, in Surah, um, I think it's in Surah Maida, where Allah says, and um, let me just find this. And whoever does not judge by what Allah has revealed, then it is those that are the disbelievers. And there's further ayat where Allah says, and whoever does not judge by what Allah has revealed, then those are the ones who are the wrongdoers. And then further down, those who do not um, judge by what Allah has revealed, those are the, the open sinners. So in that alone, that should give us cause to pause and think about what we're doing and how it's obligatory upon us to to make sure that all our disputes are dealt with in terms of Sharia. Gee, Marshall, you know that verse that you've quoted, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَحْكُمْ بِمَا أَنْدُرُ اللَّهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَمُ الْكَافِرُونَ فَأُولَٰئِكَمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ فَأُولَٰئِكَمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that. Then there's another verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually says that, وَنِحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنْدُرُ اللَّهِ that, uh, oh, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whom Sharia has been revealed upon, and uh, not only revealed upon, that he had to, to, to uh, institutionalize it, and then he had to enact it, 
and enforce it upon the Sahaba anhum. So that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they should not find any discomfort in the verse that you've mentioned, uh, Zahir, uh, after Rasulullah has decreed uh, between them or judged uh, between them, you know, in a certain decree, in a certain matter, because one is uh, getting a ruling and one is accepting that uh, the ruling that has been passed down to you. So here yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs Rasulullah that even you, O Messenger of Allah, that you are not exempted, you have to judge according to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed to you. So there Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear to uh, our beloved Nabi alayhi salatu salam, to the Sahaba, and of course the message is extended to the rest of the Ummah, that whenever we judge amongst us, it needs to be uh, based on the Quran and of course the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu Otherwise you will, uh, you will commit sin, uh, you will exit Islam, uh, you will get the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so many other uh, things that are happening out there. Uh, I, and the easiest way for people uh, to, to get away from this, and I think this is just to, to justify their wrongs and to make them feel good, is that they come up with this notion that uh, that doesn't apply here because this is not an Islamic country. So uh, by default, they're actually saying that uh, that's the benefits of living in a Darul Kufr, which we are uh, living in. This is called Darul Kufr, Darul Harb. So uh, then they are happy to stay in uh, Darul Kufr and Darul Harb because uh, they don't want to move to a place or a space where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law is uh, the final word, you know. So uh, how do you put that into into to context for our listeners, G? If Yusha can, uh, can uh, add to that, you know. So, so, so. I, I mean, I, I hear what what Zahir is saying, and and if your if your if your discussion is related to um, the the referral of matters primarily affecting the Sharia, um, then there are definitely mechanisms prescribed for us to utilize. Um, there are, and, and and I suppose that's the discussion. And if we if we take if we take just the open the masjid application. Yeah. You know, it was it was clearly uh, an organization that wanted to enforce the rights of citizens, Muslim citizens in the country, to comply with their obligations to Allah. Uh, that the ba- that that the application was brought. Uh, the fact that it was that it was opposed um, is obviously concerning for a number of reasons, but. The difficulty in that situation was that we had to appeal to the authority, uh, a Kufr court, mm. uh, understand the the reasoning behind why a masjid could never be closed under any circumstances. Um, the, 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 the opposition to it, um, to refute it uh, on the basis of secular reasoning of the potential spread of a, of, a, of a virus um, was problematic. Uh, and similarly, any other issues pertaining to the Sharia or the interpretation of Quran and, 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 and Sharia uh, before non-Muslim judges is, is, is certainly problematic. And if that's where the discussion is going, my, mine is substantially broader than that in the sense that, uh, you know, it can we can utilize the resources for things that don't affect the Sharia, that don't affect interpretation issues, because what has essentially happened is that the the Quran and the Sharia 
have become a source of ridicule. And if we look at the current litigation um, of uh, the Women's Legal Resources Center in regard to the marriage laws, uh, we clearly see that uh, contamination, the, the, the misinterpretation of issues, the, 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 the uh, enforcement of women's rights in direct contradiction to the Sharia. Um, you know, those, those are the kind of issues that, 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 that are problematic to refer as Muslims, considering that we do have the injunctions in the Quran that clearly tell us not to. And so similarly, in, in, in the last weeks, we've had an issue um, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a woman who, who is endeavoring to visit a number of masjids and contends that the way that the masjids function are contra to Islam and that she is permitted to read with the men or at least somewhere around where the men are. And, 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 a, and a request came out about what to do. And my first response to the request was that we can bring an interdict against her, mm. uh, but that would bring the the the, the Sharia uh, into question because you would have a non-Muslim judge trying to understand why women are not allowed into a place of worship, uh, and and you and you can never be given to understand that. And and similarly with the proposed Muslim marriages bill. The Muslim Lawyers Association put up a substantial uh, opposition to that bill because it would result. In fact, the bill itself, in its reading, contained provisions that were non-Sharia compliant. And the prospect of having non-Muslim kufar judges adjudicating Islam was just completely re- reprehensible to us. And mm. so that bill, alhamdulillah, hasn't seen the light of day for a while, but they are certainly moves to get it going and then subsequently on that same issue about this woman who was who was um, trying to get uh, the sharia test the sharia rules in regard to masjids tested we got news that she was mentally unstable and and my suggestion at that point and why i would use the law in that sense would be to say have her declared mentally unstable and have her committed to an institution uh, and, and, and then we don't bring the Sharia into, into issue. And, 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 and so when we talk and when Zahir talks about um, Muslim institutions referring to Kufar courts, I, I certainly agree with him. But, I, but, but a situation like this where we're not going to test the Sharia, where we're going to look at the facts themselves um, in order to obtain relief, and, and you would have interviewed Hafiz Firoz Boda many times, and I think we had the discussion with him about lawfare uh, and about utilizing the, the means that we have uh, to do what we can do against whether it be Muslim or, or not Muslim, but not testing the Sharia, not just testing the morality, not questioning the injunctions of Allah, then we're permitted to use them. Um, shaky ground, I know we took the decision to do what we did. Uh, some ulama supported the decision and some didn't, but um, the point is we've achieved some result and, you know, in our weak existence, we somehow hold that up as a, as a shining star in order to be able to approach Allah on Qiyama and say we tried and, and hopefully we went in the right direction. So I think, I think in essence your question about Muslims taking Muslims for issues pertaining to Quran, Sunnah and Sharia 
is hugely problematic, huge, huge. And and, and if we don't if we don't come right on it, uh, I think we're going to lose the essence of the dean. Uh, but I also think that there are other measures in place um, that we can utilize. And and look, Alhamdulillah, intention in doing anything, Mufti, and you'll guide me, is, is, is very significant. So many, many years ago, we started launching a number of, of case dockets and, and we achieved success. I mean, we stopped uh, the, the, the ability to travel to South Africa uh, of uh, Sisi, of uh, Livni from the Israeli Tesset, mm. the Grand Mufti of Al-Azhar. Uh, so we were managed to, to, to get a message out there um, to try and warn them. And we used the laws of a secular system uh, to do so. And somehow, inshallah, we still justify within ourselves that we bring the right thing. And, and inshallah, all I can say to you is that the intention when that was done was, was, was substantially different uh, um, to the intentions of the opposition in the closure of the masjid applications and other applications. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it's a difficult place, uh, but, 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 but certainly Quranic injunction and Sunnah and Sharia being tested by a Kufr court mm. must, by any standard, be an absolute no. Gee. Yeah, you know, beautifully said there, uh, Yusha, right here on Marqa Sahaba, voice of the Ahlu Sunnah. Uh, that uh, brings me to my, my, my next question, you know, and uh, I'll direct this to uh, Zahir. So uh, that was unprecedented that uh, we had to go to the Kufar courts to fight for a right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, and that is keeping our masajid open. And then uh, you had uh, these, uh, I call them ulama of the state, ulama uddawla, you know, so you get different type of scholars. So you had uh, the ulama of the state, uh, those that are bootlicking the state, they went and uh, they wanted to enforce something that is uh, against sharia, against, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of uh, the five tenets of Islam, which is salah, that we were prevented from doing in congregation in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, uh, Zahir, uh, how do we prevent that from happening again? I mean, now that the case has been recorded, it is on record, it is on file. So wouldn't it be then easier uh, a second time for the courts to pronounce a ruling against us? Uh, because uh, now the, the, the foundation has been laid uh, by these uh, so-called ulama isu, uh, evil scholars, wicked scholars who went to the court, uh, you know, and uh, uh, subvert the Sharia to uh, to uh, to kufr law instead of uh, having uh, uh, mediated the entire thing uh, between themselves, but because of pride and arrogance and whatever other reasons uh, they had, uh, the the the, the uh, at the end of the day they had the choice and they made the conscious decision to go to court. How do we prevent that in the future? Mr. I don't think we can go into the intentions the intentions behind which they intervened, because we can speculate and, and obviously there's a lot of evidence to show why they did it. But what's more disturbing is the faith that people have in the court system, mm. that we as Muslims should actually be going um, to, to deal with our disputes in kafir courts. And I think we need to, I know, I know that Yusha and I have had these debates over the years, and even between uh, MLA members, this, this is a hotly debated topic. Um, on when when the courts can be used so i mean my my own humble view is that when it comes to believers we shouldn't be using uh, the court 
or, or South African laws against one another. I mean, we should by right go to the, all the platforms that are now available mm. for us to mediate and arbitrate. So there are, I mean, clearly there are um, these platforms, especially when it comes to family law, and there are others that have now emerged uh, where you can go and uh, deal with your, your disputes, uh, mm. commercial disputes, etc. Um, the only issue, obviously, is enforceability, and that's something that you know Yusha can expand on when we have a chance to talk about it in more detail. But when it comes to this application to court for the opening of the masajid, why did we do it? Was there any faith in the constitution, in the freedom of religion, in all these other rights that we seem to be getting out of the constitu- constitution? That was not the reason. The reason was that we were using we were using the law in order to gain an advantage for the Ummah. Mm. If there was a possibility for us to open the masajid using the law, then clearly that would be one of the exceptions in which we can then go to court and um, and not because of the belief in the rights or the belief in the jurisdiction of the court, but rather if it was going to result in the, in the, in the masajid being open, then yes, we should use it. And the same principle has been used from the Gaza docket to the CC docket to the Modi docket that uh, that Yusha talks about. I mean, you know, people are talking about the ICJ matter now. Uh, the Muslim Lawyers Association brought an application to the Inter- International Criminal Court, the ICC, mm. in 2009 um, after the, the Gaza war that Operation Cast led. Um, and at that stage, we were already debating, do we do this or don't we do this? Is it going to, is there, is there going to be an advantage for the Ummah if we use the law? And will we will it have the effect of people then believing in this law or getting excited about a possible win? Uh, and so that clarification needed to be there, that we were only using it as a tool of war. So if you consider the fact that we brought the applications and our intention was to make the world smaller for the war criminals, uh, basically the kuffar, we don't even use the terms war criminals because these are all secular terms. Kuffar. But the, the, yeah, the kuffar uh, terms, the defense the defense minister at the time was Zappi Levni. She was supposed to have visited South Africa, but because of the application, she canceled the trip. And if you look at all the other dockets, there was a BRICS summit, and we all know from the, from the media that Modi was not going to travel. And one of the ministers was sent to New Delhi to appease him and to say to him that, you know, if you come, don't worry, you're not going to be arrested. So these dockets had the effect of striking fear into the hearts of these kuffar that are oppressing Muslims. So under those circumstances, surely there's there's, there's some leeway, and Mufti Sab, you'll know better from a Shari perspective, but to use those um, laws or those court systems to gain an advantage, provided we understand that there's no belief in it then it's fine. But once we start using the court system against one another as Muslims, whether it's Muslim organizations or Muslim individuals, then we create a great oppression because because we haven't understood right and wrong. Uh, I mean, for us, right and wrong is halal and haram, as Allah has given it to us. We don't refer to any other authority for halal and haram. And those rights that we that we claim, we claim those rights through Allah Ta'ala and through the Sharia. Uh, because that's the only uh, the only rights that are fair and just. Any other rights are going to be an oppression. So there there can't be any other reason for Muslims to be litigating in a kafir court. Uh, even organisations. We remember a few years ago there was a trademark issue, where we established um, uh, ulama institutions went to court over who was entitled to use the name. Now now that for me is a, is an embarrassment to us that. Mm-hmm. People of knowledge who have true knowledge of what the Quran says and who understand that we cannot judge by a law other than the law of Allah is now going publicly 
to go and utilize these court systems for matters against one another. So I think that that's very problematic and maybe that clarification should come from the ulama to say that, you know, we, we understand the circumstances we find ourselves in. What's the rule and what's the exception? Because the rule is we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be going to these courts and if there's any other platform that's available for us to, to use in order to, to claim our rights in terms of Sharia, then that needs to be done. And if there are exceptions, then those exceptions then need to be clarified. Gee, I agree, you know, and uh, that word that you shall use, the lawfare, uh, Hafiz Firoz Bouda and uh, Yusuf Dokrat, they spoke about it uh, extensively, alhamdulillah, and I think our listeners have benefited from that. So uh, enforcement is one thing. Now you have all these uh, Muslim organizations uh, going there. So the exception would be then, according to us, or according to scholars, is uh, we can approach uh, uh, these uh, kuffar courts, but that is for the preservation of our pristine pure sharia uh, where it is uh, at the risk of being violated or like uh, yusha mentioned now where our sharia uh, is being tested you know so in that case if uh, if the court will uh, rule favorably and uh, our sharia will be preserved as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent it down, then of course we can use mechanisms like uh, going to secular courts uh, for that. But what about uh, personal reasons? Uh, we have an, a, a situation now in Cape Town. In fact, too, uh, I was approached by the MLA to do arbitration between uh, an imam and a masjid here in Cape Town. I'm still waiting for uh, the doctor to come, you know, so I will go there. But they already approached uh, the secular court and uh, the, the matter uh, spiraled out of hand. So what do I do now as an arbitrator? arbitrator and how do I adjudicate between them because I won't be able to enforce it. Then we have another matter, uh, a, a, a very, very big organization where the president was ousted. Uh, he's earning about 50k a month. He doesn't want to give up on that. And uh, they had their own uh, style, democratic style election, you know. And you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's system is that of shura wa amrum shura bainam as the Quran says. And uh, then they have all these titles, president, secretary general, and all these uh, democratic titles that is associated with the kufr democracy uh, but now the ulama they are the front runners going to secular courts so of course the public will uh, follow them and uh, they will see this as being uh, permissible and also uh, justified uh, yusha can you uh, elaborate on that please yeah so so Mr. Sab, i think i think we go back to where i started is that uh, you know zahir talks about the reliance on a kufr system and, and i'm saying that that's where our faith is misplaced, um, you know. So we 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 misdirect our faith. Um, we we are taught, uh, you know, to take precaution. Uh, there's, there's there's a place for effort, and there's a place for dua, and there's a place for, for everything in Islam. And and so the the the, the, the reliance, I think, that Zayu talks about on the system, um, uh, is 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 where where the misplacing is is done, in my view. Uh, as I said at the outset, is that uh, once we begin to see these systems as the end all and be all, then 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 we are in some some very serious trouble. Um, insofar as the issues where where you where you referred to about uh, about ulama and seeking your appointment as arbitrator, uh, we often find this happening in the in the in the in 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 in. in, in, in clients who come to see us and when we say a reference to arbitration or reference to a mufti or reference to a particular organization uh, it's not readily met with because I think um, people are terrified of the consequences of Islamic law mm. uh, you know uh, they don't they, they don't understand its benefit 
in observing and being obedient to Allah's laws over 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 man-made laws on account of the fact that they're so absorbed in the secular. So, you know, you have divorcees who who who, who practically have to deal with the situation of Idda in an unreasonable amount because you have a you have a ex-husband who's vengeful or wants to make it hurt, uh, returning to 60, 70 year old parents who are living in a pensionable house with no income. And so the practicalities of living uh, are a problem. And, and you know, I think we all need to, 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 to re-look at our faith. I'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm humming this, but it's in the last week, this phrase, our deen demands more, has just been recurring in my mind. And, and, and the point quite simply is, if we don't restore that faith, I mean, I said it earlier, we, we, we're asked to believe, we're taught to believe, we do believe in an unseen Allah. And, 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 and I mean, you know, uh, people can't fathom beyond it. Um, what do you mean? I mean, uh, how I, who's going to put the bread on the table? Allah I mean, that's that's your test, whether it's a, a expensive car or house or whatever in a divorce matter. Those are the, those are the difficulties. But placing faith in Allah, having that tawakkal, establishing that tawakkal, seems to be problematic. We're, we're great on the rituals. I mean, if everybody could just understand the kind of faith we have in the fast, going without food for 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 for, for hours in, in inshallah the month of Ramadan to come in the years that we have, Gee. and just establish that same level of faith in our daily activities. Um, uh, and, and, and you see the reward, uh, I mean, you know, I, I once on a very, very difficult interview when we, when we as the MLA decided to have uh, Obama arrested when he was traveling to South Africa, uh, I mean, we were called mad, we were called all of those things, but Muftisab, I, I can't even begin to share with you the kind of assistance I felt in doing these interviews and the strengths to be able to intelligently, I hope I was, but <laughs> intelligently answer the questions that were being posed about the foremost, first world, most powerful leader. And and, and shukran alhamdulillah, the, the, the unseen help that came, the preparation of the docket, the, just the logistics, it, everything just fell into place and that cannot cannot, cannot be otherwise than the will of Allah. So, you know, whether the docket was religious, Sharia compliant, not the intention behind it and the unseen help that came with it, uh, just, uh, I think as Muslims, we just need to understand the concept of tawakkal. That it's not, it's not in our hands. You do what you have to do with the sincere intention and belief. And, and, and the outcome is Allah's. Uh, we were never going to get Obama arrested. We were, it was never going to happen. But the, the level of consciousness that it raised, the, 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 the satisfaction it gave to us personally as Muslim with the right intention was phenomenal. So I think just, you know, your deen demands more and, and the, people need to understand this concept of the worker substantially more um, for me. Um, and, 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 if, and, if, and if that reliance is only performing rituals doing whatever and not, and not actively subscribing to it. Um, uh, it's, 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 it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, so, so I come back to faith Gee. and relax.
our reliance can only be upon Allah. And, and, and we need to reestablish that faith. We, we've moved away from it in various extremes, but that's, uh, and, and, that's, and, and one of the shocking parts is when, when these things happen and the ulama involved, and, and sorry, I must, I must clarify, I mean, they raises it, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not sure what comeback there's going to be, yeah. but in the Tanakh issue, I was, I was the attorney of record for one of the parties, um, so, you know, the Jahilia keeps coming back, I don't know what <laughs> It's recurring. I, and, but, uh, yeah, so, 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 and then on the other issues that you raise, I mean, the Cape Town Molana issue that was referred to you for arbitration, uh, the arbitration was declined by one party, uh, and and they're both Muslim. And the difficulty you 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 have is is that that's ignoring an injunction. Hmm. Um, there's a labor issue, and they wanted the labor court to deal with it. And, and so, if you were not formally mandated or formal agreement of arbitration was not given to you whether verbally or orally uh, or written um, then you have no appointment in the matter and it takes its course <clears throat> the one part did did go through the labor court uh, but i understand the matter is ongoing um, in regard to your reference to terms alhamdulillah the mla some years ago took the decision not to use words like president and vice president and chairperson so alhamdulillah we use the, the, the words amir and vice amir um, and so, yeah, inshallah, we, we also at some point maybe need to have a discussion on terminology that we utilize. Uh, Sayyid corrected me about war criminals. I mean, kufr is kufr, kufr is one. Uh, and inshallah, and, we're on the other side of it. Gee, you yeah, beautifully, mashallah. You know that uh, going to court, uh, that should be the last resort when a person has exhausted all other shari avenues uh, that we understand i don't think there's any disagreement amongst uh, the majority of scholars uh, like i have a, a question here from a from a listener that says that i uh, you know that i have approached our local imam and i've approached our ulama organization uh, with regards to the maintenance of my kids uh, i am divorced my husband refuses to pay maintenance and he refuses to listen to uh, the verdict given by our local ulama in this case am i allowed to approach a secular court uh, for a ruling with regards to maintenance issues or, or to getting uh, the necessary uh, money out of him to support my children i am not working so uh, how do you address uh, an issue like this uh, zahir that's the realm of the ulama. I think you're going to have to give them answers in terms of that. But as far as, as, as referring matters to Sharia, you're going to have the difficulty of enforcement when it comes to a family matter like that. We need to, we need to establish the, uh, the methods that people can use in order to get the correct ruling. So, you know, we spoke about arbitration, mediation and arbitration. So, so how do we do that? I mean, obviously, there's... In terms of South African law now, there's the Arbitration Act, which allows us to arbitrate our disputes according to whatever law we want. And the courts will not interfere in terms of what the outcomes are of those rulings that are given. For example, in your case, uh, the matter that was referred to you, provided that both parties had consented mm. and you issue an arbitration award, um, no court is going to go into the merits of what you what you rule there because that ruling would have been done in terms of sharia the only difficulty obviously is how do you enforce it the one way that you can do it is that you can make an arbitration award in order of court which then gives you the same kind of um, 
authority. Authority that, that a normal court would give you in terms of execution by sheriff, etc. That's obviously something that we need to unpack and, and you know figure out from a shady perspective if that's the route we want to go. The only things that you can't deal with are matters of status, you know, when it comes to divorce and and and, and custody issues. So I, I think uh, I mean I've been out to be so long, so you and him will have a little a little bit more information about that. But definitely there is there is the, the possibility of bringing these matters before. Um, the correct arbitrator in this case you can have ulama you can have lawyers uh, and you can agree between yourselves to submit to the sharia and then accept whatever the award may be and then it's a case of how the lawyers will then enforce that gee you know that uh, the other night i said in one of my lectures that uh, every uh, denomination in south africa wants to claim autonomy except us as muslims uh, we a majority of us we so happy under the the law of kufr and the law of democracy that uh, we don't want to establish our own uh, shari courts uh, to resolve our disputes amongst ourselves instead of running to secular courts and i said we need uh, you know you know we need to be uh, to have that autonomy amongst us and we need to promote also at the same time but it's very very difficult to get the people to arbitrate to mediate and to judge according to the law of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so in every province for example or in every city if you have your senior council uh, which means uh, you know that uh, a beautiful uh, marriage or group between a fusion between uh, legal experts both in secular law and you have your muftis and your scholars as well and uh, they could see to the needs of the muslim community wouldn't that be a suitable alternative instead of people running to court for any small matter uh, uh, someone just taking and it's a costly uh, affair the, to, to both of you know uh, I think people don't really know the cost involved in uh, taking matters to court. Uh, there's not always legal aid and not the best lawyers available. So at the end of the day, uh, the system is there to milk you. It uh, robs you of your iman. Uh, it can put you in uh, in uh, a space and place where you exit Islam also. And it can cripple you financially as well, Yusha. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's no question about it. Litigation is, is, a, is a costly affair. But... Uh, but I think, you know, when <clears throat> when Muslim organizations uh, do what they do, they get it gratis. So, uh, you know, there's no <laughs> difficulty. But, you know, just just, just talking about, um, you, you had mentioned earlier, and I, and I know we don't have too much time, but I just I wanted to place the South African ICJ application in context. Um, you know, we've cousinly busy, and, and earlier today, finalizing papers to, 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 to take our in, uh, Department of International Relations to court. And, and the fact simply, uh, without disclosing too much, uh, <clears throat> that there are a number of South African women and children uh, that are currently stuck in Al-Hol camp, which is under Kurdish uh, uh, administration at this time. And, 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 and we're now going to court to try and force because suddenly there's borders you know there are borders that we we we, we can't cross um and this is a different country called syria yes. um and and so these these south african citizens are, are literally rotting away in our whole camp and the kurds in whose area is in control have issued a directive and said listen we really don't have the capacity to look after these people we don't want them and if you have citizens here come and get them and uh, and 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 so uh, we 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 approached Durko, and 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 unfortunately, the the answer uh, from Durko. So you know, all their claims of genocide and don't want genocide. Um, Double standards. 
Chinese, they still associate with the Chinese who, are, who, who, who kill Muslims. They still associate with Modi who kills Muslims. Uh, the, 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 the answer was simply this. Um, we have diplomatic relationships with the Assad regime in Syria. And we do not negotiate with the Kurds because it will compromise our relationship with the Muslim killer. So the Muslim killer in Netanyahu and, and, and Biden and more of the American president successively are okay, uh, are not okay, but, but Assad is. So, you know, it's, yeah, like you say, a double standard, but we now have no option but to go and get a court order from the judiciary to tell the executive arms of government to do certain things in order to secure the release of these people. So this is just an example of how the lawfare needs to work. Mm. But the intention behind it is to arrange for the freeing of, of virtually what's called Muslims in distress in, 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 in Syria. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think utilizing it for that, purposes, for that purpose or those kind of purposes gives the, gives the justification. Uh, for us to continue with what we are doing. Um, you know, I, I, I hear Zahir again, and it reminds me of every conceivable discussion that we've had when we've been together. Um, and it's troublesome. It's troublesome. And, and, you know, the question of doubt in, in Islam is, 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 is also clear when, when doubt will refrain. So he's cast that doubt in me again tonight. Um, but, uh, but, 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 but uh, Mustafa, I mean, we, we look to you for, for direction. Um, in so far, do you have on your panel here? Uh, <laughs> a good. You people, you know, you, you know better than us. The Quran says those that have, uh, you know, they're risking their wealth and their life. I mean, uh, he's one of the most wanted people in Egypt, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and in Cape Town, is <laughs> him and Finos Boda taking all of these? Uh, these world leaders to, uh, to court and, and striking fear into their hearts. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong, I think, in using the system for their purpose. Provided we're clear, we're using it for, as an advantage for the Ummah. Right? <laughs> it is just unfortunate that he lost his phone, his lucky phone, you know, with it. it's sort of like the taboot of the Banu Israel. So that phone he had in front of him, that those people who don't know Yusha Tayyip, Yusha is also a, my, my personal attorney. So uh, what a wonderful person. Both of them, you know, they're my brothers in Islam and uh, we're fighting uh, Kufr on all fronts. I'm just shocked uh, to, to hear about the, the story of our Muslim females uh, in camps that side. And I remember Rasulullah going to war to save a single female. So for those people who do not know, there are six recorded incidents in our beautiful history where uh, our generals, our, our, our leaders, uh, including our Nabi Ali where they actually wage jihad to save a single female or up to three females. There are six recorded. Even the butcher himself, Hajjaj bin Yusuf, that uh, he went and embarked on saving uh, Muslim uh, female uh, captives or prisoners. So uh, what you are doing, you are following that. And I'm, I'm proud, you know, I'm actually uh, honored to be associated and uh, to be of uh, assistance when it comes to these matters. But uh, I just want to emphasize one thing again, double standards by the government. And, you know, I call a spade a spade. So when I saw this whole charade and uh, this whole farce of them approaching the ICJ 
uh, you know, I didn't understand at first, but I know this was purely because of BRICS. Then uh, when uh, the minister mentioned they approached the ICC and uh, the ICC couldn't give a favorable answer why they issued a warrant of arrest for Putin, but they didn't do the same for Netanyahu. So then I thought this matter is going to be put to rest now that we did our bit. We'll announce the elections, upcoming elections, and uh, then uh, we will get your vote because we did something for Palestine. But we, we know that uh, when it comes to uh, the, the system of kufr and democracy, and this is to both our, our guests, you know, that uh, kufr and democracy is there to purely eradicate Islam. So it will never be there to support you at the end of the day. Yes, you can use lawfare in order to get uh, a, 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 a ruling like you want to, to do now. And you people are embarking on now to get a ruling to force Dirko uh, to, to do something to, to free our Muslim sisters in that camp. So uh, how, how do you balance between these two things, G? Well, Shishab, the, the balance is Sharia. The, the, the balance is the Islamic concept of justice. And you know what the Quran the Sharia, the Sunnah, say about justice, there is no double standard. And, and and it's the complete cure. It's absolutely the complete cure. So, yeah, it is. But there's no double standard in the deen, alhamdulillah. And justice precedes peace. There cannot be peace before there's justice. We first need to enact uh, justice, you know, before we can have any discussions uh, regarding peace. And we, and we have to look, we have to look at everything through the lens of the Sharia. Because if we don't do that, then we start becoming confused. I mean, we start defining things in terms of how they define it. We look at secular terms or we, we try and understand things in terms of world politics instead of the simplicity with which Allah has given it to us. Believers, disbelievers, Munafikin, Allah is very clear in terms of, 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 of who we are and who we define ourselves as. In the, in the matter that Yusha is talking about, it's very, very sad, Yusha, because these these women that are there and there's probably i think probably close to 65 yeah Rob. who are who are south african citizens uh, who haven't committed any crime in terms of south african law unlike you know we've got soldiers for serving the idf who are contravening the foreign military assistance act of south africa um, and have, have, have committed crimes here these are simply people who have made hijra because they wanted to live under sharia whatever may have been happening at the time they, they took their families and they went. That's not a crime in terms of in the laws of South Africa. But they left to um, to live in these terrible conditions in these camps, all because South Africa is not willing to compromise its uh, political relationship with Syria. Mm. It's a very, very sad state of affairs. Look at, look at that type of uh, double standard. So we, we can't deal with it, you know, because they're, they're allowing the IDF soldiers, they're promising that there will be legal recourse when these people, these citizens, uh, South Africans uh, or Zionists return to South Africa, they will be arrested. But uh, at this point, it is only talk, uh, Yusha, nothing has been done. They've been knowing uh, for years uh, that these people leave South Africa. There's a school here in Cape Town where they get formal training and then they are sent to defend uh, Israel and uh, join the IDF, etc. But government has never intervened. Uh, but if we open up camps now, training camps, etc., much needed uh, training camps for that matter to prep ourselves, our youth, our children for jihad, because uh, that is not far off from now. And we need to start thinking uh, like uh, this, you know, that we need to prepare for the ultimate battle. And then that becomes a crime. So uh, they are allowing one uh, uh, portion or one section or uh, one group from uh, uh, from the South African so-called rainbow community to get away with murder. Uh, but on others, uh, they're clamping down 
like on people like us, like Muslims. So, uh, you know, again, uh, that would be double standards. Uh, I, I, I couldn't find a better word, you know, or lack of finding a better word. But it is pure hypocrisy from this uh, democratic uh, Kufr government that we are under, uh, living under uh, in South Africa. G. We provided evidence in 2009 of South Africans serving in the IDF and we got zero cooperation from the SAPS and the NDPP at the time. Given that the uh, Foreign Military Assistance Act was not uh, uh, framed as it currently is, which makes the crimes prosecutable, um, but certainly we have now also been able to garner some evidence and, 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 and to the extent that your listeners have the ability of direct involvement of South African Jews serving in the IDF, they must please share it with us. Uh, spread that message far and wide. The more information we can get, we have a team of investigators working on it at, at the moment. We have some information and hopefully that could lead to more. Uh, but we were even able to identify two police stations in Johannesburg, Norwood and Sandringham, that were physically training uh, potential IDF soldiers. Um, and it was a complete recruitment base. So even the state's resources were being used. Um, but we have all that information now. And, and, and inshallah, once, uh, once, uh, once we, we, we place it before the state, again, uh, using it as a tool in the hope that they will utilize it. But I have no doubt that political agendas will overtake the act uh, because there's, there's, there's too many relationships uh, that become compromised uh, if they prosecute. Again, Zahir showing us uh, that who is actually running this country and who is controlling the country and the economy. Because if our own uh, police uh, force are recruiting uh, snipers and killers and uh, butchers of innocent Muslims in Gaza and Palestine, then what better can you expect from a government like uh, this uh, Kafir Kufr system and Kufr uh, government that we are living under? Yeah, 100%, Mukisab. And I think that what's very sad is that, you know, we've made our causes nationalistic. Uh, and everybody's come out with such patriotism when actually our loyalty is to align this Rasul and to the believers. And that's what we we need to start changing now is how we think. Because that doesn't, our, our, our nationality doesn't take precedence over our belief. Uh, and so if we look through, look at everything through the, the lens of Sharia, uh, the, the justice is clearer for us. And how we need to apply for the justice also becomes clearer. May Allah guide us, inshallah. I mean, Jazakumullah khairan. You know that I've benefited so much tonight. And I guess our listeners as well are right here on Markel Sahaba, voice of uh, the Ahlu Sunnah. So basically, and uh, it comes down to this, that uh, stay away from the courts and uh, stay away from any secular courts and uh, if it violates uh, the sharia they'd rather find a legal recourse through islamic mediation and arbitration i just want to end off with this uh, question uh, yusha there uh, you can also uh, put uh, give your input you know we've got one two minutes left that what is uh, the legal status of suing people in islam that uh, you know I, I can answer that from uh, an islamic perspective but what's your thoughts on muslims taking other muslims to court in order to sue them for defamation of character or any other uh, nonsensical reason out there g Push up, I'd be guided by you. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't know that 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 defamation is is a lawful cause in the Sharia. I, I would have to study that. 
um, uh, if, a, if another Muslim took another Muslim to court uh, to claim for negligence um, a motor vehicle accident or a debt um, that, 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 that couldn't be resolved, like you say, by exhausting whatever remedies we have, uh, you know, as, as for as long as it's not affecting the Sharia obligation, for as long as it's not affecting the morality, mm. for as long as it's not an unlawful claim, I see no harm in it. But insofar as Sharia issues, uh, Quranic injunction, Hadith are concerned, I say, as I said before, it's a complete no. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, so, so, so if it's an enforceable right in terms of the Sharia, that doesn't compromise the deen in any respect, I can see no, I can see no harm in it. Um, you know, if if there's a if there's a if there's a dispute regarding a lease and tenancy, uh, and who has the right to occupy based on an agreement to lease, I, I don't see any moral nafs uh, Sharia issues, provided that the Sharia is considered before the litigation is taken to ensure that it's not uh, not compromised. Anything that compromises the deen is has to be a complete no. Zaire and uh, seeking a financial compensation, uh, you know, being sued for financial compensation uh, uh, through means of defamation of character or any defamation. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, that uh, someone taking someone to court uh, seeking financial compensation for words that were uttered uh, between the two parties? You know, you've got more experience in these things than I do. And that's, that's part and parcel of speaking the hub. You are going to be sued for defamation and you are going to be sued for damages. And this is this got nothing to do with uh, any right that anybody has. I mean, when it comes to these things, you know, from a Sharia perspective, uh, there isn't such a thing. And I don't think that there is anything between believers that that, that can happen. But it seems to be a modus operandi of people who want to silence the truth uh, in order for them to not to not not to have to hear about their crimes. Uh, the easiest thing to do is to run to court, especially if you've got funds or you've got uh, you've got some uh, political backing. It's easy for you to to abuse the court system in order to to make zulum on believers who are speaking the truth. So, uh, from my side, Mufisab, you know, I'm I'm totally against it. Alhamdulillah, Jazakumullah khairan to our esteemed guest, uh, Attorney Yusha Tayyib. I saw once upon a time they wrote the advocate as well. So, Attorney Advocate Yusha Tayyib and uh, Zahir Adam as well. May Allah subhanahu wa guide and uh, protect you all. Right here on Markasu Sahaba, Voice of the Ahlu Sunnah, we will never ever be silenced. We will forever speak the truth, even if we end up losing our life. Uh, in fact, uh, that is what we long for, Shahada. And may Allah subhanahu wa grant us martyrdom, Shahada. In path and we have to engage in a lawfare where it is possible for the protection of sharia and not for exploitation of uh, our beautiful sharia until we meet again next time jazakum la khair assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh wa alaikum